well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Smoking and Toasting. It's our program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Guess what? My partner, Ian Barry. It's show number 60. Six zero. We've done 59 shows before this one, and is today this, is this like is the show silver, number 60. The silver, it's not an anniversary because it's not I don't yearly. Know. Yeah, it's weeks, no, though. no, no. It's like, unless it's one of those things where- <laughs> We're over know, like, a year. Like, did you ever date that girl who did the anniversary? Oh, this is the the uh, 15th anniversary of that day we did laundry together. And the, <laughs> Did you ever date that girl? I did. Oh, yeah, I dated yeah. that girl once. Only once, though. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Smoking and Toasting. It is a uh, it is a fine day to do a little beer sampling, a little tequila sampling, and uh, talk about uh, cigars and all kinds of good things. I'm ahead of you on the and, beer. Oh, I'm oh, already doing research. Well, actually, I've already uh, I've already opened one up here. This isn't one of the official ones we're tasting today, but uh, you know you have to get the palate moving. At least that's what I just tell for myself. for those of you out there in the audience. Just so you know, we don't just stop at the beers that we're featuring on the show. Oh no. Why would we? <laughs> no, I mean, like... <laughs> the best part is after we do the show and I go, hey, you want to go uh, get something to drink? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, on today's show, the 19 types of beer snobs ranked by obnoxiousness. This which, is a, which one am I? It's a oh, you're you're more than one of these, <laughs> and and so am I, by the way. So uh, so no, I fall in line with several of these descriptions. I so. uh, see. I haven't seen this before. You already yeah. have a heads up on me. Yes. So. Well, this is a list that I uh, found on on the amazing internet. You know, you can find just about anything out there, uh, including apparently naked pictures. Who knew? Uh, but <laughs> I thought I had those expunged. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you shouldn't. Uh, you, you can't just delete. You have to empty your trash can <laughs> and clear your search history, for God's sake. Uh, Don't so judge many, me. So many great things going on in the show today. Uh, we will uh, be toasting, and I don't. I can't remember if we've toasted this guy before, but I ran across an, an article about him or another article about him, and I just have to. Richard Overton from Austin will be toasting him today. Nice. Uh, so we'll tell you about that and why. Uh, there are so many things going on. Craft Beer had a $67.8 billion economic impact in 2016. $67.8 billion. That seems so don't, good. Don't let anybody tell you, hey, this craft beer thing is totally over, man. You know, <laughs> right? That, that ain't happening. Yeah, it's just a fad. Uh, plus, ultra premium rum is totally on the rise. And the first craft beer has been released specifically brewed and i'm not making this up because how could i specifically brewed for women in menopause that's brilliant <laughs> i was almost speechless but <laughs> I, like, I see the wisdom in that i was letting it go like i was going to see how long it took you actually uh to react <laughs> to that i'm not entirely uh, i'm still i'm still reacting to that to be honest yeah, with you. i'm not so, entirely sure what's going on uh we'll be tasting some tequila that was given to me as a birthday gift uh my uh my buddy and business partner pat gave me a bottle of the uh and, and i'm I always have to pause before I pronounce this because I always want to leave a syllable out. It's the Abandonado Añejo tequila. You have to say that three times. Every fast. every bottle uh, that this tequila is bottled in is hand-blown glass, so every bottle is uniquely, you know, somewhat different, but it's a beautiful bottle, and uh, I won't lie, I've already tasted it. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy this tequila, <laughs> uh, but we'll get to the, you know, the finer points of tasting it a little bit later It sounds like you came out pretty well on your birthday, because I bought you a bottle, too. Boy, yeah, you did, and that rum, I tell you, there's not a great deal of that rum left that you bought me <laughs> last week, because, uh, well, it's 
so here's the first thing that happened is we drank a bit of it on the show. Right, right. That was the first thing we that did. Happened. And, and I went back for seconds on that one too. And as did I. And uh, then later that evening, um, all the kids came over for my, you know, just like a family birthday mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, oh, you know, these kids are adult kids, not kid kids. But I'm like, guys, you got to try this <laughs> rum that Ian gave me. So then we're all sampling the <laughs> rum. And uh, pretty soon I, I actually pulled it out of the bar uh, a couple of days ago and I was like, I don't have very much of this left. This, this bottle is a lot lighter yeah, than it used really to be. Really good. Uh, but my buddy Pat gave me this uh, tequila as well, so we'll uh, we'll get to that. We'll do an official tasting. And I brought a couple of beers, and you brought a beer as well. I brought in uh, from Salisbury, Maryland, the Evolution. That's the brewing company, Ev- Evolution Craft Brewing. Their lot number three IPA. Uh, which should be very I've interesting. I've never even seen that. It's before. from Maryland. Yeah, you know we're doing our best to try to branch out, and get yeah. beers from around the country, and uh, you know the show, of course, is based in Houston, Texas, so it's easy for us to get Texas beers, and we love reviewing Texas yes. beers, but we don't want to do that exclusively, so we try to reach out. And with that in mind, I have brought us today from Pittston, Pennsylvania. The and I, this may be my favorite. This may replace Clown Shoes Brewing as my favorite brewery name. Roll the with it. Evil Genius Beer Company. That's awesome. I love that. The Evil Genius Beer Company, Purple Monkey Dishwasher. That's the name of the beer. <laughs> it is a chocolate peanut butter porter. That sounds like a lot going on. So, yes. So Purple we'll, Monkey Dishwasher. Yeah, we'll see how this uh, how this fares. And you brought in a beer as well, correct? I did. I brought in an old favorite of mine, but I don't think we've talked about it on the show. One of my favorite breweries is Founders. I love the Founders like, guys. Love like them. their love breakfast. Them. Stout. I know I've brought uh, the breakfast stout before, yes. and that's an amazing. And their all day IPA, one of my favorite. All day sessionable IPA. We've IPAs. talked about yep. that. I remember mm-hmm. that. I don't know if I've ever brought in the Dirty Bastard. Well, if you have, I bet we liked it, so it'd be worth reviewing it again. Just you know, just what what I'm saying. You want to show that to the camera? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. It, it's. The label's very familiar to me, but I don't know if it's that's because we've had it on the show or... Well, here's the deal. If we've had it on the show, it's still good, and we're going to talk about it anyway because... And at show number 60, I it would have been this a, a long time ago if we and had it. And so. keeping right along the lines of beers that I bring in, it is 8.5%. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it should be an interesting show for beer. We've got some unusual ones here today, I think, so, uh, so that should be very, very interesting. So, been quite a week. Ian, my friend, did you smoke anything interesting this week? I did. We talked. Uh, you had a um, you had an article months ago about Cohiba coming out with a more affordable line. Yes, they're, they're more discount or budget uh, oriented right. line. Right. So it was a Cohiba Blue, and I happened to be in a Specs uh, yesterday picking up the Scotch Ale that we're going to have mm-hmm. later. The, the Dirty Bastard said Dirty Bastard, and uh, they happen to have those Cohiba Blues. Now I hadn't even thought about them since we talked about them that time, but I saw them and I said, "Hey." I should try that. So what was the retail price of, did you remember? The- I don't remember the full retail. I paid about $8 for the stick, Okay, um, which is an under $10 Cohiba, which is affordable yeah, because most for of Cohiba the, standards. Most yes. of the Red Dot Cohibas are in the 12 to 18 Yeah, range. super premium yeah. areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're great cigars anyway. Um, so, uh, so I had a little bit of time. This is like one of my Wednesday uh, rituals. Now, I had a little bit of time between uh, work and... And rehearsal, mm-hmm. but not enough time to go home and then go to rehearsal. So, so there's this little bar right by where we rehearse. <laughs> I go have a couple beers and have a cigar, and this has been pretty nice. Uh, so I sat down and enjoyed it. This cigar was interesting. It's a Jamistram wrapper. Uh, uh, <coughs> it just looks like your basic Cohiba, except for the label is blue, so it, it's beautiful construction. Everything about it was nice. 
Um, the pre-light smell was very leather and earthy. Mm-hmm. The uh, the pre-light draw was a little tight. I used a punch uh, mm-hmm. like I always do. It was a little tight, but it was not so tight that I decided to clip it instead. It was just it was just a little tight. Um, the initial light was really rich and creamy mm. and a little right bit off the of bat, spice huh? right off the top. Like it was pow right there in your face, kind of in a good way. The first third of this was smooth and creamy with a little bit of campfire and, and leather, very classic cigar kind of flavors, you know, when you think just mm-hmm. your traditional cigar. Uh, the second third, it really developed into a solid medium, uh, into a solid medium uh, flavor profile. At this point in time, my ash actually, I went ahead and tipped it because it was still on. So at a third of the cigar, just straight so ash. You had a third of the cigar right. before you had to ash. And I tipped yeah. it so I didn't just you know drop it on myself so that was pretty impressive too it had a real solid ash to it uh more campfire flavors more leather but it started developing the sweetness in the flavor profile which was delicious that sweetness picked up uh, a little bit of spice towards the last third of this cigar i smoked it down till my fingers were just about burning wow. i'm gonna give that a solid seven wow that's on great. my price versus quality so this is a cohiba that that's sounds affordable. like it may be in the neighborhood of being as good as the more expensive Cohiba line, but for a cheaper price. Not as complex as some of the more expensive Cohiba line, but uh, definitely uh, less price, and definitely the construction quality was right there. Well, I had uh, a couple of interesting cigars. I will just mention that uh, Adam, who's on the show uh, with us, gave me a Rocky Patel uh, 20th anniversary uh, for my birthday, which I smoked, which was fantastic. And I was going to review that, but I couldn't. I couldn't resist reviewing a cigar that I had yesterday. Uh, it's the Casada 40th Anniversary Toro Real. Oh. And one of the reasons that I wanted to, to talk about this is because I did something I almost never do, which is I smoked a 65 ring gauge cigar. That's a yeah, that's huge, a huge big around because I'm more of a I'm more of a 45 to 50 guy uh, in terms of what I really like for ring gauge. So this is a very different uh, cigar for me, but I love Casada, so I thought let's see how this goes. It was a San Andreas EMS wrapper, Dominican binder, Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers. Um, there wasn't too much on the pre-light, some mild tobacco aroma, a little bit of cedar, uh, but it lit easily, burned perfectly and wound up being a medium-bodied cigar, some creaminess. I was expecting it to be full, and it wasn't. It was more medium. Some creaminess, notes of earth, light spice, and that sort of signature Casada cocoa flavor mm-hmm. that seems to uh, exist. Now, here's the thing. The cigar was good, but I think I am spoiled to the Oktoberfest line from Casada so because I love those cigars so much. I wanted a little more complexity especially from this large of a ring gauge. It did, though, I have to say, develop really nicely about midway through. So the complexity did start to come on a little bit. At first, I thought, yeah, this is just not going to be as complex as I want. About midway through, it started to approach what I really was looking for. I've had the Casada 40th anniversary before, but it was more like a 49 ring gauge. It was more complex than this one was with the huge ring gauge. Uh, But I'd say overall... Quite good. I think I was just open for fantastic. So at $9 price point, I'm just going to give it a five price to quality. I feel like I got Get what you pay for. pretty much what I paid for. I wasn't disappointed, but I wasn't blown away, which I so often am by Casada Cigars. So, All right, beer tasting begins in the next segment. Plus, Richard Overton from Austin, we will salute you. It's smoking and toasting.
Welcome back. It's smoking and Toastin'. We're so glad to have you guys listening to the program. My name is Cruz. My partner in crime is Ian Barry. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. Uh, we are in the studio today coming to you live on Facebook Live. And, of course, one of the easiest ways to hear the show is on TuneIn. I've been trying to steer everybody towards TuneIn because it's just so easy. You can uh, not only uh, just find it by searching Smoking and Toasting, it comes right up, but on TuneIn, uh, and you don't have, they have a premium service, but you don't have to have the premium service to hear the show, so it can be free, and you I, just uh, you just favorite it, and then it's right there. I actually have the premium service, and it's worth every penny. Oh, I, like, I have it too. I love it. I like love the audiobooks. Yeah, the audiobooks, like tons of audiobooks. There's, there's tons of other stuff going on there. And um, and some of their music channels are just awesome. Ah, I had this beer right in front of my face. There. Oh yeah, I put what it. If I can on... position it so I look like I'm just drinking it while I'm talking on the actually, There we go. How's I actually that? put it there on purpose. So <laughs> we we'll just, we'll just put it right here. Like, so that's my mouth beer. is just on this beer. Anyway, yeah, I use I use the tune in all the time. The audiobooks is worth it. And then like the music, the music is good. Yeah, like, it really. Is. All the stations are curated in whatever style you're looking for. It's yeah, right there. You want like sixties or seventies or hip hop or classic rock, whatever you want. Annoying commercials all the time. Oh, that drives me crazy. Yeah. So that's that's a good thing. So anyway, uh, you can hear the show on TuneIn. Even if you uh, do not buy the premium service, you can hear the show. And uh, we'd love for you to listen to us there. Actually, we'd like for you to listen to us anywhere. Yeah, you can watch us on Facebook Live. You can check us out on YouTube. It's all uh, it's all awesome. So, Ian, you just opened a beer that I got on my uh, recent trip to visit uh, uh, one of my dearest friends in the world, Dave Murphy, in uh, Delaware. And this is one that he said, oh, you got to try this beer. You're going to love this beer. And he kind of knows what I like. So uh, this is, he calls it Evo. Uh, it's from the Evolution uh, Brewing Company. He calls it Evo, but it's uh, officially titled uh, Lot Number 3 India Pale Ale from Evolution Craft Brewing in Salisbury, Maryland, which is not terribly far from where he lives. And I did notice this beer was everywhere. In uh, in that area, when um, I was up. The I Ocean haven't City. tried this, nor have I ever heard of yeah. it. I will tell you right off the bat, mm. um, it smells delicious. It yes. smells uh, very happy traditional IPA, except for there's a very malty smell. Yes, like, right on the nose. Even I haven't even tried it yet. So I'm, I'm excited about you tasting this because, as as we you know sort of generally know, I'm kind of the IPA guy, but Ian loves malt, and so. I'm going to be interested to see if you like the malt profile in this IPA. If well, you know, if you put you enough malt in an IPA, I just absolutely love it. <laughs> well, some of the so best it smells IPAs, fantastic. Some of the best IPAs have a great malt profile, so uh, it has a tendency to balance the uh, the IPA out a little bit. So this is good. Yeah, this I'm, is good. This reminds me of um, it's even maltier than the Two Hearted Ale. Um, Which is Bell's. There's a there's a brewery that I tried there. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was called. The the brewery in Keller, um, Keller, Texas was. Oh, my buddy always reminds me because he lives not too far. Shannon Brewery Company makes mm-hmm. an IPA that is like this. This is so balanced, it's so good, and so drinkable. So what's interesting to me is you get citrus up front, mm-hmm. malt in the middle. And then on the aftertaste, there comes that hop bitterness profile. A little bit profile. of floral bitter uh-huh. snap yep. to mm-hmm. it. Yep. And it's so balanced from front to back. It it's really such is. such a good IPA right now, there. Uh, now often when good we, job, Evo. Often when we sample a beer, we'll be trying it for the first time. 
I can tell you I'm not trying this for the first time because my buddy Dave and I put a number of these away I can understand while that. I was visiting even, him. Even so. the aftertaste on this has some maltiness it's to it. It's really nice. I really yes. enjoy this. Yeah, really Tell nice. your buddy Dave he needs to send us much more of this. <laughs> well, I tell you, I was excited to get this one home and uh, and have you try it. Because I had a feeling, you know, again, you are the barley wine guy. I'm the guy that leans towards the IPAs. So I'm always excited when I come across one that I think, oh, I think Ian might really like this, this IPA. This is a yeah. darn fine IPA yeah. right there. Evolution I, I would go with this. seems to be, uh, how can I say this right, a pretty serious craft brewing company. Uh, we sampled an IPA on the show before, another one that I brought back, which is from the High Seas Brewing Company, right. which is also in that area. But they... I don't know how to say this. They almost don't seem to take it as seriously. Like this seems to be the serious craft brewery this, in this that is area. Really good. Yeah, yeah, it really is, really is. So, well, cool. I'm glad you like this, and I'm continuing to enjoy sipping on this. While we do that, we want to do a couple of toasts. We talked about this. Um, you know, uh, we talked about the gentleman uh, from Austin, Richard Overton, and we'll get to him in a moment. But you and I, as both, you know. Pretty big music fans. You're a serious musician. I, you know, a serious music listener, uh, and I think that um, we both were a little rocked by Tom Petty's passing. Yes, uh, I I happen to think he's he's unheralded, but is maybe one of the better songwriters of our era. You know, people think of like when you think of rock songwriters from our era, you think of Springsteen, and you know, you think of some of the guys like that. You don't necessarily think Tom Petty. But go back and listen to the songs. I, I mean, has the guy ever written a song that's less than fantastic? I, that's that's like, kind of what I'm even getting. Even the at. stuff, yeah. even his album tracks. Baby, that are, even the losers <laughs> get lucky sometimes. Like even his, yeah, even his B sides. All his B sides are so good, so well crafted. He was just so good at it. And know? he was he was never uh, he was one of this is one of my favorite things in the music business because he's not a great singer. But for a guy that's not a great singer, he was a great singer. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, he's got that nasally voice. It's not one of those sort of traditional, wow, that guy can sing. But he used what he had he, so well. He owned it and he delivered it. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and again, his songs are so catchy. And what's funny about Tom Petty, too, is across so many genres, like, there's so many people who like this kind of music, that kind of music, you know. You go go talk to, you know, heavy metal kids, they like Tom Petty. Mm -hmm. You talk mm -hmm. to... Like so many different varieties, country kids they like Tom Petty. Right, absolutely. always a Tom Petty mm -hmm. song that touches you. You know, absolutely like, touches your heart in some way or another. And you go to his shows if you've ever seen him live. I have. It's not just people like your age and my age. Right. There's like teenagers there as yes. well. You know, yes. really digging and grooving on Tom yes. Petty. And so. what's really nice too is while all the stuff he plays on uh, on the radio, it's all real pop format stuff, mm -hmm. and they're so good. As a matter of fact, if you watch the uh, documentary with him, like his saying is, don't bore us, get to the chorus, you know? Um, <laughs> don't bore us, get to the chorus. <laughs> you could just hear it, right? <laughs> but, uh, but even though like all that stuff's pop format, when you went and saw him live, like his band had some room to stretch and open up. Oh, yeah. The Heartbreakers were And I were hate to fantastic. use this term because it's become such a, uh, almost a negative connotation, but they almost, in some, during certain songs, turned into a jam band kind of thing. I understand you know? what you mean by that. Yeah, they could, they could mix it up. Right. For sure. Right. You know? And extend and, parts. And, and they were great players. Interesting, yeah. Great yeah. players. Yeah. So, Tom Petty, here's to you and to all of the great music and joy that you brought us uh, during your lifetime. We, we even like the Traveling Wilbury stuff. I, I actually really like the Traveling Wilbury stuff, too. So, Tom, here's to you. Cheers. And now, before the toasting is done, 
we got to talk Richard Overton. Richard Overton lives in Austin, Texas, <clears throat> and he's 111 years old. Now, Which is just awesome by itself. Yeah, all by itself, that's awesome. But if you've made it to 111, you may as well go ahead and enjoy your favorite things every day. And that's exactly what Richard Overton, the oldest man in the United States, does. He was born in 1906, <laughs> and I love this. That's amazing. He spends most of his days sitting on his front porch in Austin, Texas, drinking whiskey and smoking cigars. <laughs> I just love this. See, this this is what these are the articles that I send out to everybody who like you know tries to give me a hard time about oh you're taking years off your life and blah 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 and oh moderation. Well, let me tell you about moderation. Let me tell you about. Uh, Mr. Overton, Richard Overton. He still lives in his home. He still drives. He's also the oldest living World War II veteran. He served from 1940 to 1945 in World War II. And he says, this is a quote, I smoke at least 12 cigars a day on my front porch. Holy <laughs> cow! <laughs> Don't you just love this man? I love him. Uh, and most of my whiskey, he says, is from Tennessee. So there you go. Uh, Richard Overton, you are the man. We salute you, sir. Absolutely, Mr. Overton. <laughs> Toast to you, sir. Oh, man. I, and I, I just, I don't know. I just, I love coming across things like this. You know, it just, just, uh, it just makes me happy. Somebody get that man a Bluetooth radio so he can listen to our podcast. Yes, absolutely. There. I wouldn't be surprised if he's checked us out. He's got a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> right? He's just sitting there smoking and toasting. So, you know, it would make a lot of sense. It would work. Oh man, there's so much going on out there in the world of uh, smokes and uh, and drinks, and we will be getting to quite a bit of it, including uh, the first craft beer for women in menopause, and the 19 types of beer snobs ranked by obnoxiousness. Which I guess we'll 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 get into that in the next segment. I have a tally sheet already ready for that. So tell me what you're thinking with your tally sheet. So what I did is I just did a simple uh cruise side and Ian side. Mm -hmm. And every one of these 19 things you tell me, I'm going to put a slash next to either my name or your name or both. If you think we resemble if the I beer think, snob. If I think that resembles us and our our snobbery practitionership. This, this list I might have made from, that word up. <laughs> no, I like it if you did. Uh, this list came from Thrillist, and uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to just say right now, I think you're going to love this list. It's really well written, well done. So uh, it's going to be fun to share. So we'll have that uh, coming up in the next segment. And uh, also, I, I don't know if you know about this or not, but um, General Cigar is discontinuing. The Torano Exodus cigar, really, which I really like. That's Those a cigar I've, I've, yeah. I guess I don't know whether it's not a big seller or uh, whether they say they're streamlining the the Torano line. The label and, is a little boring. They yes. could have made it more interesting, but it's a good cigar. Now I just got. I haven't smoked any of them yet. I just got some Torano Vault cigars. Have you had one of those? Mm -mm. I've seen it's, it. I haven't. tried It's a very interesting looking, you know, label and stuff and. Generally is that the one speaking, that says the vault? The vault. It's yeah, got yeah, a right, red, right. red uh, right. part to the label. Generally speaking, these guys always, uh, you know, make cigars that kind of deliver and kind of yeah. kind of live up. So I'm looking forward to trying that. But I will be out looking at my different uh, places I like to shop to see if there's any Exodus left in stock right. and grab Snap them. Snap up a couple, yeah, stockpiling them. them just a little. So, uh, so if you're an Exodus fan, uh, grab them before I do. That's all. That's I right. <laughs> all right. So uh, coming up next, the 19 types of uh, beer snobs ranked by obnoxiousness 
And plus, we'll get into our next beer. And I'm thinking maybe we should go with your uh, Arrogant Bastard next. Oh, I didn't bring Arrogant Bastard. I brought oh, Dirty Bastard. You brought Dirty Bastard. Well, uh, we'll get the right bastard in the next segment. It's smoking and toasting. <laughs> Welcome back to Smokin' and Toastin', the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and uh, uh, and beer snobs. No, I'm craft beer, <laughs> fine, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And by the snobs, by oh. the way, this program is uh, sponsored by uh, an outfit that we just absolutely love, and it's so cool when you can totally love your sponsor. You know, when it's not just like, hey, we appreciate these guys for sponsoring, which we do. But when it's a place that even if they weren't a sponsor, don't tell them this, uh, I'd be recommending people to go there anyway. And it's B&B Butchers and Restaurant uh, on Washington Ave, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and opening soon, within about the next month, I believe, in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. So really excited to have these guys as a sponsor. They Obviously, the steak is just beyond. I, I, I really will tell you, every place I've lived, I've had a favorite steakhouse. Uh, and some places it's been a Capitol Grill, some places it's been a, a Palm. In Houston, it's B&B, and I'm really like, excited. We were talking are. about them and their bacon even before I think they were Oh, well before they were a sponsor. Us. And, you know, uh, Jeremiah, who's their bar manager, just he's such a great guy, so knowledgeable about uh, whiskeys and such a, such a great guy to have on to talk about whiskey. But we've been talking to Jeremiah about the next time we're there, which will be next month, uh, about doing a rum show. Because he really is starting to get into rum. And I'm like, well, yes, count me yeah. in. So uh, so we're excited about that. So uh, anyway, thank you very much to B&B. And if you are a listener and you're in the Houston area or soon to be Fort Worth, we recommend them highly. You we know, had a uh, Facebook question. Someone uh, asked if we tried a beta, and we kind of talked about it a little bit between. I was trying to remember there was one more beer that they make that I've had that was well, pretty we, good. Well, we the, mentioned we loved the Turbo Dog. Right, Turbo Dog's fantastic. Yep. Uh, the Big Easy IPA was the one oh, I couldn't remember. Oh, yes, yeah. I've had that, and I love it. Yes, yeah. yes, very, very nice. Also quite good. Thank you, Facebook listener, dude, <laughs> dude person. <laughs> so, uh, all right, Ian. Knocking my stuff down here. Ian, I think what we're going to do is we're going to wade into this 19 types of beer snobs. All right. And then we will take a break in the middle of it and uh, – try our next beer at, so. at the bottom of my piece of paper here you can see i have a tally sheet yes, ready there he is there he is right he's ready so to tally up every time you say something that i believe applies to either me or you we get a slash okay under that's, our name. that's fair enough that's fair enough this is a great list by the way it was originally uh uh posted on thrillist ben robinson and matt lynch were the authors of this so i want to give credit where credit is due uh they say as craft beer has grown from a scrappy upstart uh, confined to a few regions into a huge industry with a major presence everywhere, beer snobbery has grown up along with it. However, not all forms of snobbery are created equal. Some are mildly amusing. Others are downright infuriating. But beer snobs probably won't openly broadcast themselves as such, the article says. So here's a field guide for dealing with them, ranked by how difficult it is to deal with them, happy drinking. So these are ranked by in order of obnoxiousness. And I'm going to actually read you what these say because I think these guys wrote a great article. So All here right. we go. Number 19, The Evangelist. Always looking to win a few converts, it says. The Evangelist brings a few choice selections and a hefty supply of tasting glasses to any social gathering. 
what? You weren't planning on drinking a 15% ABV Russian Imperial Stout at your nephew's christening? Just try a little. Ooh, pick me. On the downside, the evangelist can be a bit pushy. The upside, free beer. All right, I put a notch next to both of us. Yeah, I think one. I think we both get to qualify <laughs> for that. We're like, <laughs> that's so good. Like like bringing the uh, Russian Imperial Stout to the christening. That is so like I could so see you doing that. You go, well, hey, take a look at what I brought. So, all right, that's number nineteen. Number eighteen is the sampler. No matter the situation, the article says the sampler always requests a preview taste at the bar. You know, in order to make an informed decision, aka find some minute defect with it and then ask for the beer they plan on ordering all along i'm putting a half a mark next a to half a mark on next to you. <laughs> uh, now i do enjoy when bars will let you sample yeah. but i would say more often than not i order the thing that i sample unless usually i get you it look, just yeah usually really you look at the like beer it. and you yeah. don't get a sample you just order it and try it i Me, will say though, i'll do a sample about half the time and and sometimes it's like that sometimes it's like that's not what i wanted i'll go with what i was initially thinking. i'm more likely to buy one of the beers that I sampled than I am to buy, like in the grocery store, when you walk by and they're doing the little right. uh, the sampler thing. I'm always like, oh, that's really good. And then I walk away thinking, sucker. <laughs> but I don't do that with the with beer for some reason. So like, even in the grocery good, store, I, I don't sample anything that has to do with bread and a microwave. Yeah, that's probably smart. Like those two things together just don't work well. I like to sample the cheeses. I, mm-hmm. I will admit that. Uh, okay, so you got a half a mark on that one. Number 17. The life of the release party. Tickets, check. Sleeping bag, check. Respect of the other three people in line who decided to arrive at 2 p.m. the day before, check. No one's really sure how the life of the release party affords to spend the bulk of his waking hours either waiting in line for beer or traveling to wait in line for beer, but everyone is sure that that's the most gloriously appointed pretzel necklace they've ever seen. Neither one of us got a mark I think, for yeah, that. Because neither one of I've actually. But don't get me wrong. I truly appreciate my friends that are that person. You know, I've never actually even stood in line for uh, a Saint Arnold Divine. I've always I, thought I, I might, but I never actually went through with either. it. Yeah, it's good beer. Uh, number sixteen, <laughs> the Barrel Baron. The Barrel Baron. If it didn't come out of a bourbon barrel or a brandy barrel or some other oak vessel that previously contained a fine spirit, it barely qualifies as beer. And don't you dare come at the Barrel Baron with that weak oak-aged wood chip nonsense. It's garbage. But please stay and help finish that 19% bomber. The Barrel Baron cannot drink alone for safety reasons. <laughs> okay. I'm, go, giving, I'm not ahead, that extreme. Go ahead and make yourself a mark there. Oh, you definitely put a mark on that You're one. so getting a mark on that one. You are so getting a mark. So we'll do number 15, The Trader, and then I want to taste this uh, uh, this founder. So The Trader, number 15, parlayed a surly darkness and a dark lord into chocolate rain, which he combined with some Hill Farmstead stuff he traded for last summer to land an apple brandy barrel age Hanapu that's damn near impossible to find. Has yet to try any of these beers. Ask about opening that, and the trader will look at you like you've just casually asked about acquiring one of his kidneys. The trader needs both kidneys. Well, probably. What do you have to trade? This is the guy who'd rather trade than drink, right? I know that guy, too. Yeah, I know that I'm guy. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. No, definitely not. But uh, but I do know that guy as well. So. Yeah, chances are if it hits my fridge, it's getting drink. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way I am. It makes it actually hard to do the show. If I don't buy, uh, if I'm buying something to sample on the show, I almost have to buy a six-pack. 
or else it never makes it in. <laughs> you know, I, I love I love the uh, stores and specs this where you can you know do the mix pack where you can get one of each. That just winds up not working for me. I drink it before I can bring you know, it into the I'll, show. Yeah, so I'll buy those just to try at home. Generally yeah. speaking, I can't do that for same same exact reasons because yes. uh, you know I'll just I'll be like, hey, that looks interesting, and my wife will get a hold of it too if there's anything in there that's particularly interesting she'd be like hey we're gonna try this tonight so speaking of trying things talk to me about what we're about to taste here ian scotch ale my friend Mm, i'll take mm, that i'll take the short mm, one wow you're taking the short one i've Um, got another bottle in there (laughs) you're the man (laughs) (laughs) all right so this is founders right it's a scotch this is founders scotch ale also known as a wee heavy Mm -hmm. is this will surprise you it's malty yeah (laughs) (laughs) really seriously you this is a very malty style. Um, one of the nice things about the Scotch Ale as well is you can turn these around pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to lager them for long periods of time. You don't have to age them. Uh, now, they're nice when you do age them. They they age pretty well. You don't have to drink them young or anything like that. But uh, but this right here is an 8.5% at 50 IBUs. This is a go-to beer for me. I yeah, love this beer. Let me tell you something. This is delicious. Yeah, it's good. It it's, is just so tasty on the tongue. Yeah, it's got about a medium mm-hmm. mouthfeel. It's a sweet malt, like 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 you get in a malt shop kind of malt right there right. in the middle of it. Yeah. I was going to say, it's got a sweetness and almost like a cinnamon flavor on the tongue uh, that, that shows up nice and early. And then the maltiness is there on the finish. It's really delicious. They make another one. I don't remember if I brought that on the show, but I probably should. They make another one called Old Curmudgeon, which is an old ale. Mm. You brought that one in. We've had that one on the show. That before. one is like this yeah. one on on uh, steroids. Like this has a medium mouthfeel. The old curmudgeon is a little bigger, but this is this is a good beer. I, so I love this. When I see it, I generally buy it. This is the dirty bastard. I don't know if I'm showing it to the right camera or not. We'll we'll try putting it in front That's of Ian's my face. face. There. there we go. Yay. <laughs> Uh, this is a good beer. Well, first of all, I don't know that I've ever had a Founders beer that I didn't think was good. Like it, they're one of those breweries that is so consistent yeah. with what they make. Like it doesn't even matter the style; they have a wide variety of styles. Well, and what's interesting about it too is they're kind of they're kind of extreme. Like their their breakfast stout is amazing, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the, and then you have their their they have so many darker varieties of ales, and then they have the all day IPA. Yes, which is. Again, one of my favorite session IPAs. It's just so delicious. That to me is like summer pool party beer. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's pretty good. Like, put yeah. it in the cooler and let's go. All right, let me see if I can get through two more of these in this segment here. Uh, we're counting down the 19 tops of types of beer snobs ranked in order of obnoxiousness. We're up to number 14. I feel like Casey Kasem at number 14. The sudden true believer. Uh, it says here the speed with which the sudden true believer transformed from. Liking to spice up the usual rotation of domestics with the Sam Adams on occasion, to dividing the day equally between keeping up on up untapped and pricing beer fridges on eBay is kind of adorable, if occasionally alarming. So this is the guy that, you know, he was like not all that serious about craft beer, you know, liked it, not all that serious, and then suddenly he's suddenly like he gets it all all into it. Yeah. Right. So I suppose I get that. I suppose I get that. Number thirteen. I don't think I'm that, by the way. Nope. No, you I think I graduated. Neither one of us got a mark for that. Number 13 is Captain Ahab. He almost scored a vanilla bean assassin back in 2014 and has been hunting that white whale ever since. Probably doesn't have a peg leg, but he might. Uh, definitely <laughs> talks about beer more than friends and family are comfortable That's with. That's hilarious. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is neither uh, me nor you, but no. I've I've met yeah, a few of yeah. those. I, I know and love that guy. <laughs> I really do. And by the way, uh, I don't know which camera is live, but this is from the article. There's a picture of the Captain Ahab. <laughs> Isn't that great? All right. So you're listening to Smoking and Toasting. We're brought to you by the fine folks at B&B Butchers on Washington Ave in Houston. It is uh, uh, show number 60, and we'll be back and taste some tequila. Plus, do more uh, of this beer snob list coming up. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, uh, soon to be opening in uh, Fort Worth. And I realized, Ian, we're now into the fourth uh, segment of the program, and the show has been startlingly um, low on sound effects. So just uh, for no reason in particular, there's a little sound effect for you. This is kind of a sexy bottle. You kind of enjoyed that. Okay, so this is the tequila that we're going to be trying. It <laughs> is the, the Abandonado Añejo tequila. And it, it is a green-tinted bottle. And one of the interesting things about these, even when you look at them on the shelf, the bottles sitting next to each other will be slightly different because they're all hand Oh, they're all hand-blown. Gotcha. Yeah, all hand-blown. So, uh, so they do a really nice job putting these bottles of tequila together. And this is... I don't know that much about the tequila company, but I believe they are based in Texas. So uh, it'll be really interesting to... Does it say right there? Oh, product of Mexico. Well, all tequila is a product of Mexico. So, or I think most tequila, all tequila is. But uh, anyway, uh, this will be an interesting one to try. I have had a couple of different iterations of this. And as you can tell from looking at the bottle, I've actually had some of this one as well. Oh, this is imported by Central Texas Spirits, Inc. from Bastrop, Texas. Bastrop, okay. Bastrop of all places. Yes. Uh, just slightly, uh, Just slightly west of where I get that amazing... Gin that we tried, the, and uh, I believe they have a speed trap in Bastrop, don't they? Yes, very yeah, much I believe so. they do. <laughs> yeah, so uh, beware, Texas travelers. All right, so we're pouring out some uh, premium tequila. This is the Añejo, so it is their probably second, second from the most aged tequila in their lineup. They do have an extra Añejo, uh, but this is uh, this is the Añejo, and I gotta when, say, when Añejo is not enough, extra right, Añejo. you gotta go, gotta go a little extra. You can find. The extras. So, uh, right off the bat, this smells like tequila. Yes, it is very traditional tequila smelling. Yeah, it really not, does. Not in a not in a cheap no. tequila. No. you need training wheels kind of way. No. By the way, for all of you uh, 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 non tequila drinkers out there, training wheels are when people go, "Oh, and I need a salt and a lime." Right. Exactly. That's if you need wheels. a salt that's, and lime, that's yeah. training wheels for tequila. That's, that's right. absolutely right. Well, this tequila. As a matter of fact, if you're drinking a tequila that you need a salt and lime for. You probably shouldn't be drinking that You tequila. need to upgrade your tequila. Yes. yes, absolutely. Well, tequila really was made for sipping, not for throwing back. And that's one of the things I think a lot of people, everybody, it's funny, people will come over and I'll go, hey, I have some really great tequila. Do you want to try it? And be, oh, no, I had a really bad experience with tequila one time. <laughs> well, first of all, who hasn't, oh, if you wow. drink at all, who hasn't? But, uh, but if you had a bad experience with tequila, I guarantee you were not sipping it. You were throwing it back. So you've just sipped it. So what's this your first? This is good. Holy Isn't cow! Nice? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, like pepper. A lot of pepper in this. So I will say that the first and on the nose, you do uh, it, like you said. It's not. It doesn't seem like a training wheels tequila, but it doesn't give you a hint of the complexity that's no, about to this come. This is this is so yeah. good. Like the first thing that hit my uh, palate was pepper. Mm -hmm. Like 
like agave and pepper, big time. Yes. And then it gets this vanilla bean. Then you bean get the honey and vanilla and on the honey back. honey yep. that's just mm-hmm. amazing. Like, wow. And it finishes this big round thing. And actually, it took me from back when I tried this all the way till now where the heat is just barely coming yes. back. And it's it's like this super gentle like little wash of heat coming back. So this definitely has more heat than, say, the Skelly, which is always what I use as the the world's, standard now, world's right. most dangerous tequila because <laughs> it, it has yeah. virtually no like penalty heat penalty mm-hmm. uh, when you drink it uh but this is this is comparable in flavor but definitely has more heat yes uh, you know i like this it's um it's not smooth like like you would s- describe a lot of tequila it's smooth but it's not smooth like you describe a lot of tequila you it's know like, you're drinking one- tequila this one, when that pepper this. right up front mm-hmm. makes you think, okay, a sip at a time. Like, this yes. is not a, I want a big mouthful of that. Right. Because the flavor's so big anyway. But as as sip by sip, I keep wanting to sip this. Like, I, I will just tell you, like, this, more. this just kills, to me, just kills like a Don Julio what is, or, uh, you know, one of those. And those can those guys make some really good tequila. But I just think this is better. It's so complex. Like, I, like the aftertaste on this, I'm just sitting here enjoying in my mouth. It's, it's that... Vanilla is so big on this. Uh, What's interesting is that you don't need to put lime in this because there is some lime in yep. the flavor. You know, and this is this is fun. This is a well, this fun is, drink. This, to as I think I said earlier it's in the so show, complex. this is a gift from uh, my friend and business partner Pat Fant. So Pat. Thank you. You are the man. Kudos, Pat. You are the man. Thank you so much. We actually had him on our Cigar 101 show. Yes, and uh, he's he, we had him uh, we had him on talking about pipes too because he's a pipe smoker. Or a so, pipes 101. That's yeah, what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, all right, we're going to jump back into our types of beer snob uh, beer snobs ranked by uh, obnoxiousness, and we're up to number twelve, and the countdown continues. Uh, <laughs> here we are with number twelve, the glassware obsessive. <laughs> and here's what it says. It says, that's a funny joke you're making, pretending like you're about to pour that double IPA into a Pilsner glass. Oh, God, what are you doing? Please stop. Take this tulip before someone sees you. That's the article. So that's the glassware obsessive. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. One of the first conversations you and I ever had about beer <laughs> was centered around glassware. That's why we both got a little uh, notch did, on did that Did we one. get a little notch? Yeah, but I don't think either of us is a glassware obsessive. Not obsessive, but you like the frosty glass. You I do. like. Well, I like my beer cold. Fresh, I like my beer glass, cold. And yeah. I actually prefer a not frosty glass. Well, and when you come over to the house, you'll notice I have glasses in the freezer and plenty of others that are not yeah, frosty. Yeah, and, and, no. and it's, it's good both ways. I don't know why I got like that. I used to like the frosty mug, but... At some point in time, I just like the beer, you know, the beer, not the, beer. the frosty glass. Right. So we don't really get a, a notch on this one. Uh, I'll put a <laughs> a little wiggly line. I don't know what that's going to mean in the final tally. It's going to be a question mark. Number 11 is the fresh head. <laughs> that's a funny joke you're making, pretending like you're going to drink an 11-day-old IPA that's been ship, shipped across uh, seven states. Oh, God, what are you doing? Please stop and drink from this crowler I got 20 minutes ago before someone else sees you. <laughs> As you can see, the uh, the authors are having a bit of fun here. But, yeah, the fresh head. I, I don't think I'm that guy, but I do know that guy. Yeah, and I will I'm, say, I'm I don't like stale beer. I met a guy who told me at one point in time that if you transport your beer, it's almost not worth drinking because just the act of transporting it, Changes the flavor profile so much. <laughs> and I got to tell you something. 
I like beer. Yeah, I was going to say, all that beer that he transported, <laughs> I'll drink it. Yeah, I'll volunteer. And you know, the other thing, uh, we talked about this, though, last week when we were doing the Oktoberfest show. There was one of the beers that we immediately kind of removed from contention because yes. it was in the green glass the green, the green bottle, glass bottle and it and was it a little skunky bad. so yeah, it was bad. i don't like i don't like unfresh beer being a but. little skunky by the way is kind of like being a little dead all right <laughs> <laughs> you're either there or you're not there's not that's oh, a little skunky. Like, I'm sorry. That's just the way I feel about that. That's that's my beer obnoxiousness. I'm talking to you, Stella Artois. All right. Uh, number ten is the brewery, the brewery fanboy. All right. Number ten. So here's a game. Count the total number of breweries represented on the fanboy or fangirl's person. Hats, shirts, patches, buttons, tattoos, etc. Then strike up a conversation and see how many brewery owners they name drop within the first three minutes. <laughs> then excuse yourself to go get another beer before you get a headache. I know so many of those. <laughs> so I don't think you qualify there, though. But at the same time, you know, I do have some friends that actually have breweries. Yeah. And I will always advocate their breweries i will mm -hmm. always push for their stuff you know because but like you're not wearing any swag right now no no occasionally like you put out a really nice looking shirt or a nice looking yeah. hat i will wear that oh of course but but your average you know joe brewery t-shirt is not that interesting i had a budweiser spuds mckenzie towel once that's pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> Not because of the Budweiser, but because of Spuds McKenzie. You do realize Spuds McKenzie was a girl dog, right? Yes, I do. I do realize that. <laughs> Spudette. By the way, I don't know if we're gonna have time to even cover it on the show, but that just reminded me. Oh, I saw this commercial this week. It was an Anheuser Busch commercial, and it really pissed me off. It what basically happened? took a shot at craft beer fans. Really? Basically said. You're idiots. You should be drinking this kind of beer instead. You know what? I'm going to save this for next week because what I'm going to do is I'm going to get the audio of the commercial and we'll actually listen to it and talk about it. But if you saw, I saw, I was watching a football game on Sunday and it came on. And I was like, uh, I felt like they just like shot at me. It was like, it was crazy. Like how big of an insult it was to wow. somebody who likes craft beer. So, anyway, we'll get to that. If, you, if you've if you seen this, you know what I'm talking about. If not, make sure you tune in next week. I'll grab the audio for this, and we'll and we'll talk about it next I, week. So. I watched so little TV. This is not even a joke. Since the last time I've seen you, I probably actually haven't watched TV. Well, that's – and so you probably haven't seen this. But I'll, I'll, I'll find it, and I'll bring it in next week. Uh, number 10 uh, – uh, number 10 was the brewery fanboy. Uh, so now we're up to number 9, <clears throat> the self-important home brewer will inevitably second-guess the beer he's consuming with talk of hop varieties and bottle conditioning, has made one decidedly mediocre pale ale via a kit from last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to show, again, the photos in this article are just priceless, and so I'm going to show that one to the camera. There is the uh, the home brewer, uh, the homebrew fanboy. I have to um, see that one. Uh, Self-important home brewer. Yes. Yes. Uh, that is number nine. We're up to number eight, the group thinker. Number eight, the group thinker. Hey, this beer is pretty good. I like it. Or I think I like it. Mm. Let me scan a representative sampling of beer advocate reviews to make sure I like it. Wow. Only an 82? Actually, the finish is a bit off for me. I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> you know how many times I've defended beers that I like because people... <laughs> 
because of people like that. Like, yes, I don't know. Like, what I read about that beer was, look, I'm drinking this beer. It's actually good, and I'm drinking it right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, Ian, we didn't pick up many check marks on our uh, tally there. No, I don't think we picked up uh, kind of almost one on that last All one. All right, we yeah. got seven more to go. We'll cover them in the last segment. Apparently, we're only so and, obnoxious. Uh, yeah, and uh, we also have, in the last segment, the Purple Monkey Dishwasher from Evil Genius Brewing Company. Can't wait to taste this. It's smoking a toaster. Welcome back, my good friends, my beer buddies, my uh, cigar uh, pals. It's nice to have you on the program. It's smoking and toasting. We're all about uh, crafts, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And speaking of fine spirits, can I just echo again how good this tequila was I went from the for last seconds. segment? From the last segment, I'm going to pronounce this for you, and you can find all this in the show notes. Yes, please say it again. But it's that's the, a long name. The, it's the Abandonado. Añejo tequila, abandonado. You know, it's it's funny because when you say it, it doesn't sound like that many letters. I just but want it, you to look it's, at it's, no, look you, at how, you have to look at that and go look at the yeah, name. For, yeah, if you are not of Hispanic descent, descent, try pronouncing that right the first time. You won't get it. You won't get it. Like this is good. Yeah, uh, but it is a, a really amazing tequila, and uh, we will have show notes. By the way, Adam, uh, since he came on uh, board with the show, has done such a great job of organizing all the show notes, getting the links in there. So make sure and look on the YouTube channel and on the posting as well on uh, SoundCloud, and you get the links to the stuff that we talk about, uh, including, by the way, this wonderful article about the 19 types of beer snobs. And just before we get back into it, let me once again mention that we are brought to you by uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant. 1814 uh, Washington Ave in Houston. I was going to say, one of the nicest things about having Adam on the show, actually, is that he's taken over so many of those things. So yeah. everything that I say that's wrong, I can blame on him. Yes, now. that's right. And it's good to have someone that you can yes. actually use yes. as a scapegoat. Yes. Or as uh, former President George Bush referred to him, an scapegoat. An escape. An scapegoat, yes. Uh, so let's, uh, let's jump into this uh, at number... Uh, seven. We're uh, we're doing our list here. Number seven of the most obnoxious kinds of beer snobs, ranked by obnoxious. I just want to point out that neither one of us have that many. No, like, I have two bad. and a half. Yep. And a questionable. And I got like what one and a half? You've got one and a questionable. One and a questionable. All right. Well, we're up to number seven. The trend chaser. One summer it's all about ghosts. The next summer, any IPA that isn't preceded by the words New England is met with audible disdain. Uh, under the phrasing, uh, uses the phrasing, so hot right now. But like, not in the fun, sort of ironic, Mugatu from Zoolander kind of way. He's so hot right yeah. now. <laughs> I was just waiting to say that, by the way. <laughs> uh, so that's your trend chaser. Uh, do, you, do you see either one of us? No, no yeah. we're not trend chasers. I think we you try like to what stay, you like, I we like try what to I stay like. aware of the trends, yeah. though, You know, so we can talk about them and... Well, it's funny some of the things that that we like that have become trends. Like I've been a I've been a, a fan of the sour ale for a while. Very first show we did the watermelon ghost. Very first show. Oh no, wasn't the first show. It was the first, first guest. guest. Yeah, first and, guest. And I was yeah. a fan of it then, and that was mm -hmm. before. And now, like this year especially, those those uh, goes and um, and sour ales are becoming very popular. So we're ahead of that curve. No, and we're up to number six, the professor won't even listen to you unless you're at least taking Cicerone classes. But, oh, Lord, can the professor ever deliver a lecture. There probably won't be slides, but don't rule it out. 
I'm sorry, were you talking? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are so not the professor. No, you don't even get a half mark for that. You're not the professor. Like, you're just, because uh, you're very live and let live about beer. Very much. You know, like, you're not like, you're not like snooty about it in that way that you won't talk to me if I'm going, hey, dude, I'm going to have a Michelob Ultra. No. no. Yeah, okay. Uh, number five, The Music Man. You know how certain people will be really into bands, but then the bands get more popular and more casual music fans start to like the band, and then those people get really pissy and say the band sold out and they never liked the band that much anyway? It's it. like that, but with breweries, yes. God forbid anyone expand beyond their early nano-brewing days in an attempt to be able to afford a trip to the dentist or whatever. <laughs> so, we talk about this a lot on the show. We do. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I just don't really think that that's us really. well there's there's just there's a certain level of you know with bands the same way it's very that's a good analogy too because with bands it's the same way you get so many people that get like i think it's a personal thing like this is my band because i discover them and no one else knows who they are so that makes me cool mm -hmm. and then when everyone else knows who they are it's just not cool anymore right or something or something you know maybe yeah. i don't know i don't know I, uh, although it, I, I i say all that remember when aerosmith rocked oh well, i was just about to say the problem with this whole thing is that the bands have to stay good all the way through. I mean, there are bands that make amazing music, and then they become really popular, and then you're, you're trying to like their new release, and it's just... I'm looking at you, R.E.M. Like, uh, <laughs> you know what? I mean, like, that early R.E.M. stuff was legendary. It was so good. I don't know what they did for those What's last five albums. Yeah, well, that one was still all right. But after that, wow. Well, you know, and, and like that, uh, you know, Aerosmith rocked so hard that they put out an album called Aerosmith Rocks. Yeah, well, And everyone went, okay, you got it, dude. A lot of music in this show, by the way. Let's have a beer. <laughs> Let's do it. So Ian has just opened, and I'm so excited that I even get to say this on the show. The Evil Genius Beer Company Purple Monkey Dishwasher. It is a chocolate Every one of those syllables. Porter. Every one of those syllables applies to this beer, by the way. Uh, yes. Say absolutely. that again. Evil, Evil, Evil Genius, Genius beer, company. beer Company. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter from Pittston, Pittston Pennsylvania. We're going to have to make a song out of this. Yeah. And I do have another one of these, by the way, so you can pour generously if you like. We'll see. We may be breaking yeah. into it. I think yeah. I poured you a little less generously than the rest of them, so uh, hold on. So this is going to be interesting. I'm really curious to see what we think about this porter. It smells like peanut butter. It does. It smells like a Reese's peanut butter cup, actually. It's what it smells like. It smells like, like peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> like it, yeah. it really Remember does. the commercial? You got your chocolate in my peanut butter. And you got your peanut butter in my chocolate. And apparently, you, then you dumped it in my beer. Um, uh, so, Ian, what do you think? I see you, you've already taken a slurp. I have. Well, I, I like to call that research, actually. Yes. Um, so, this is it's interesting. Yeah. I'm waiting on it to find out how much I actually like it, but so, it's interesting. Like, uh, so I want another sip of it. It's well, not. I was just about to say, my first reaction to it is, hmm, wow, they really went for something, and I really do taste it. Okay, they hit it. Not sure if I'm going to want another. I think I want another sip. Yeah, so I, I think what we may be running into is maybe this not so much after tequila. Well, that's possible. So a little palate cleansing. Yeah. Which I'll also call more research. But boy, does this taste like a peanut butter cup, doesn't it? I mean, this is, let me, where's that bottle? Let's show that to the camera. It's That is, I mean, if you live in the Just put it right in front of my face there, right? Yes, right in front of right, Ian's face. That's, right that's how I know it's on the camera. 
uh, is if it's right in front of your face. Um, if you are anywhere in the Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland area, you should be able to find this. Um, you got to at least try it. You got Man, to. Let me tell you, if you're one of those people that sits around and goes, you know what this beer needs? It needs chocolate and peanut butter. <laughs> if you're that guy, holy crap, this I, is the beer for you. <laughs> I think that may be number twenty on the beer snob uh, list. You know what this beer needs? <laughs> um, so my thought on this beer is they, I think they hit the mark they were going for. I think it's yes. an interesting beer. It's a good share. Mm-hmm. I don't know that a whole bottle of it for me. Although you know, it remains to be seen because I still keep sipping it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. So just when you think, okay, this is a great experiment. But I don't know if I would really want to like it drink a lot have, of it. Like it has a then great mouthfeel, and, and, yes. and it has the right amount of like like almost the perfect amount of uh, carbonation. I will say this: I have had beers that have had plenty of chocolate flavor in them yep. before. This is the first time I've ever actually tasted peanut butter in a beer. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely right up front in this one. All right, I want to get through these last four uh, before we run out of time. Uh, the last four beer snob uh, categories. We're up to number four. You have to be careful how you say this. The master debater. Uh, here's the uh, here's the uh, the text from the article. You, I tried this beer. It was pretty good. The master debater. Get ready to spend the next five minutes finding a polite exit while I harangue you. About your beer preferences, even though in reality I think that beer's pretty good too. It's the master debater. In other words, he always wants to debate you about your beer, even if he kind of agrees with you. I like to think that I know those people and yeah. I'm not that person. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put you in that category. Because I, you know, I, I like beer. You know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing about you and I. We both really enjoy beer. Even if so, you're drinking bad beer, you're still in the right camp. You're drinking beer. Okay, here we go. Number three, the one-upper. Oh, you got a good beer? That's great, but the one-upper had one that's better. Uh, God, it's so much better. It's tempting to tolerate the one-upper because they'll decline to drink the swill that you brought and instead request everyone drink theirs in order to assert their superiority, but they're so damn smug about it, it somehow makes the beer taste worse, (laughs) even though it is a good beer. Uh, What do you think? The one-upper? Like, yeah, that beer's good. Try this. Yeah. I've I've met those too. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm glad that we don't fall under these categories. We don't seem to be falling into Hopefully too many. you people out there don't think we fall under these categories. <laughs> people are probably like, Oh, that's so you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That man uh, guy. Number two is the speculator. Uh this guy definitely works in finance. Definitely got into beer a couple of years after the trend had peaked, but had enough money to buy an enviable seller in just a few months. Definitely enjoys buying up mass quantities of special releases and selling them later at a profit way more than he actually enjoys drinking the beer. And then, I love this last line, definitely a terrible tipper. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I don't think that's You and I are not beer speculators. I mean, you can come to my closet and it's got some beer in it, but the only reason that any of that isn't in the fridge is because I'm saving it for like the next light beer challenge uh, buying taste test show so number one the condescender Ooh! wow you're drinking that indeed the condescender gleefully looks down on anyone drinking light beer a formerly craft beer that's recently sold out or even a craft beer not up to the condescender's exacting standards when not directly shaming others when it comes to their beer choices the condescender can be seen engaging 
in political trolling on strangers' Facebook pages and correcting the grammar of casual acquaintances. Okay, so I'm going to put myself down for half a mark on that one. And the reason I'm going to do that is because I have friends and they understand my sense of humor, but I do jack with them when they're drinking bad beer. So there's your 19 types of uh, beer snobs ranked in order of obnoxiousness. So in other words, that guy, number one, that's the most obnoxious of the list. So I made two and two halves. Yeah. That's not bad out of 19. And you made one. I made one. Well, I'm just not that snobby. I am obviously much snobbier. You're obviously much snobbier than me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, you know, start talking other things, sci-fi, I may be a bigger snob than you. So, <laughs> Wow, it's been a fun show. Thank you to everybody. There's so much we didn't get to, so next week, and we'll get to that Anheuser-Busch ad next week, I promise. Thank you for listening to Smoking and Toasting. Ran out of time for sampling the Mumford & Sons IPA. We'll get to that next week. Have a great weekend, by the way. Cheers. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Radio Brave.